Welcome to episode nine of Hookers and Horses, Stories of a Prairie Family with your hosts, Tracy, that's me, my sister Dana, and my cousin Ellie. Our hope with each podcast is that y'all will find us as funny as we think we are. Give us a chance because we get funnier by the moment and that we might bring some joy, entertainment, and ridiculousness into your lives during this time of isolation. So without further ado, here we go. Okay, so hi everyone. We are talking today about um, working in restaurants. Um, Dana is not on the podcast today as she is busy. Uh, she is busy doing um, her own thing at the moment and um, focusing on her business. And podcast. And she exactly. And she also uh, never really worked in a restaurant. So Ellie and I figured this was a good um, topic while she is not with us. Um, I've wor- I worked in restaurants for, I would say, give or take 10 years off and on, not actually not off and on, strictly on um, waitressing. I put myself through university through it. I paid my rent. Like I was fully self-supported by my, um, by my endeavors at the restaurant. And my very first sort of waitressing position was in Pola Park Mall a million years ago at Michelle's Bakery and Baguette. Yes. Yes. yes I started there as a hostess because I must have been under 18 I don't really remember I don't know and then eventually moved up to be a waitress there where I served a lot of um, breakfasts and eggs whatever anyhow I moved uh, to Toronto to go to university and I needed a job ASAP otherwise I wasn't going to pay my rent and I was living at the time like sort of in Leaside ish like Eglinton and Laird ish sort of area and somehow I ended up working at the Red Lobster at Young and Steel's, which is still there. Um, and this is like 30 years ago, literally, and or something in around there. Anyhow, I would work. I worked at um, Red Lobster, and then in the summers I came home in the two years that I was living here for school, and I transferred myself from that store to the store that was on Portage across the street from Polo Park. And I used to work there for the summers, and then I would go back and work at this one, and I did that for a number of years. I applied there, Tracy. Yes. And so, um, and so I also actually worked at the Olive Garden, um, right beside the Red Lobster. That was before I moved to Toronto, actually. And, um, so I was always in the, in the family of the Olive Garden Red Lobster family. And anyhow, so the reason I'm telling you I worked at Red Lobster, so I worked there for probably, that was my longest stint as restaurants go, was probably three years or so. And, the reason I'm telling you this is because, so I stopped working Red Lobster, I guess it was like 94-ish, 1994, maybe right before I went to Europe, actually. I went on a six-month backpacking trip to Europe. Well, that should be another whole podcast, quite frankly, talking about my Europe trip. But anyhow, um, so um, the reason I'm telling you this is, so that's going back, let's say, 25 years, and I still, to this day, have a reoccurring nightmare <laughs> about the Red Lobster in Winnipeg. It's not, it's Red Lobster as a whole, but the layout of the restaurant is 100% the restaurant that was in Winnipeg. And um, it was a, at the back of the restaurant when you used to walk in, there was the smoking section, which of course now restaurants don't have, but the smoking section of course, and at the time was that was the best place to work because people drank more, they ordered more, they stayed longer. And so you typically got tip more. There was like three steps to go up and then there was, let's say, I don't know, maybe 10 tables. So there was maybe be two 
two servers up there, maybe three. And so my reoccurring nightmare, obviously I'm always in that section because that's always the busiest. Mm. Um, I start off like a regular. And then of course, as the evening progresses, there's nobody else working at the front of the house. There's nobody working the back of the house. So I'm um, taking the orders. I'm then running back. I'm cooking the food. <laughs> I'm serving the food. There's nobody bartending. Um, and then, of course, like all probably most reoccurring nightmares, at the end, I just end up in the back. Now I'm naked <laughs> and I'm like in the places full and I just have a complete and utter breakdown. And so... 25 years later every now and then I wake up I'm like man was I just in Red Lobster (laughs) and in fact I was so it's one of those things and anybody who's ever worked in a restaurant front of the house or back of the house um, have really great stories I the truth is even though I have this reoccurring nightmare I really loved working in a restaurant and I found I and my mother always used to say like she couldn't understand how I made any money because I'm not always the most patient person. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I'm right. I have a patience like deficiency as we like to say, but yet I managed to work the waitress. I was good at it. I made a lot of money at it. And so it was always sort of a, how did that ever happen and why did that ever happen but I loved it I always loved like the people you meet a really diverse you know group of people when you work at restaurants of course and depending on the level because I said that again that's like with an asterisk though because you worked at like Portage in Winnipeg I worked like the restaurant I worked at was Avenue in Eglinton it was not diverse it was Jews true it was just true. <laughs> Although the, the the Red Lobster at Young and Steel's was also almost all Jews. Yeah. Because that was like Thornhill, Richmond Hill-ish. Um, the Jews get their lobster. Like 100%. Their lobster and their shrimp. Fantastic. And, and but like even the Red Lobster that I, when I worked in the one in Winnipeg, like the people that worked there. So like I was, let's say early 20s, you know, I was in university, I was supporting myself, whatever. But then there were the people, you know, who were full-time Mm. servers who are you know 40 ish you know then there was I remember there was two women who at the time I thought were really like old they were probably 35 and they worked part-time they had two kids you know and a husband yet they were there two or three evenings a week and probably a weekend and I think about like I always thought about that like later on in life thinking wow like what if I had to go out to work at six o'clock at night and come home at midnight and I had two kids like it's a really sort of it was a different thing and I mean most of the people who work there let's be honest or most of them are university sort of aged um people who work in restaurants who can who are looking to either just have extra money to be able to put themselves through school whatever because obviously it's a very it's much easier than working retail you work way less hours for substantially more money and so it was I loved it I would walk around with like literally $500 in cash in my pocket at any given time. Since I started at a restaurant, I literally don't have cash ever, but like I would pay my full grocery bills in, in, in like hundreds. It was the best, but now like same thing. I go to a restaurant and it's like a busy dinner rush. And sometimes I'll have a little like PTSD moment of like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I don't work in a restaurant anymore. This is hell. Like when you see like, oh, for sure. 
like, oh, this is, or even worse. Cause I've done every single thing you could do in a restaurant. I've been host, I've been cook, I've been server. Um, and I've also worked like banquet events. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've worked events too. Oh my God. So then, I mean, of course now I'm the event manager, but I come in and I see people polishing those forks and I worked for Oliver and Bonaccini. So there were probably a thousand forks. And there was like the one time that someone walked in and banged all the forks onto the ground. Oh, oh. God. The only good thing about polishing forks was you got to sit down. True. Or we used to have to do like at, at a number of the places I worked at, like it was roll ups. So, you, you know, if you were not busy, oh. right, you sat down with a stack of 100 napkins and you folded and you put two forks, a knife and a spoon and you did the roll up. And then you'd have to have the bin with Bad. hundreds of roll ups. And that was you got to sit down for that, too. Well, so my job at, at Green Eggplant, which just so people know, the reason I got the job is one, it was across the street from my apartment. So my shift started at 930. I woke up at 915. And I just boogied across. The reason I got it was I also, I got to Toronto, realized I have no working experience other than being a hostess at Cora's. And I was like, oh crap, I need to support myself. So I just walked up and down Eglinton. And I guess the manager saw me at a few different places along Eglinton and went, well, she seems like she wants to work. So I said, and, and when you worked, when you worked Green Egg Plant, wasn't that, it had just opened. Had it just opened or not? Because it was really popular for a really long time. Jam hacked. Like the dinner was a schwitz and there were like people waiting in the line. I remember like one time I ran, I was, I was rushing and I had a tray full of, or I, I'm, I probably was balancing plates because we didn't do like, and when I worked at Earl's, we had like that big. Yes. The big, massive tray. We did that at Red Lobster too. So being an Earl's girl is a whole other story, but like this, I wore like black pants and a t-shirt, but I was walking and it was winter and we probably didn't have a mat for people to wipe their feet. And I like flew, landed on my Oh no. Still, still held all the plates. And I remember, no way. I remember a, a booby sort of looks at me and goes, are you okay? And I went, yeah, I'm fine. She goes, are you hurt? And I said, no. She goes, just your pride. And I went, yeah. <laughs> i know like there's so many different levels um i when you as soon as you said um catering too i remember i also worked for uh two summers at um at the time it was called manaki lodge it was owned by four seasons actually it was um near kenora like on the manitoba ontario border and it was it was like a it was a resort that most people came into. You either stayed for the weekend. A lot of guys used to come in and fish from the states, whatever. And it was owned by the Four Seasons at the time that I worked at it. And I worked in the in the in the dining room, of course. And it doesn't matter if you're working in like McDonald's or Four Seasons. You know, there's always the times where there's the rush. Things are complete chaos nobody knows what they're doing this is over here people are swearing people are crying yep. people are like it doesn't matter where you work and people think oh it's four seasons i'm like it's the same crap in that kitchen as mcdonald's quite and frankly. fun fact this is my little like tip for anybody who goes to a restaurant and goes oh we're the only one here everything's gonna happen quickly that is a lie work so 
this is now working experience from the kitchen perspective when it is jam-packed and you have a full house and you've got chits flying like i've never worked quicker in my life when it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and you get one order of chicken fingers you slowly walk to the freezer you grab one by one you draw it out and then people are like i'm the only one here why is this taking so long and i say to people it's because they just don't care like i'm for one person are you nuts i need to save energy yeah yeah for sure and and it's so funny when you say like with the chits flying and because it's just so it's ingrained in my brain like i never forget so you know, same thing when I go to a restaurant and you can see it's busy and, and typically one person in my family um, tends to complain and why is it taking so long and they haven't taken our drink order. I'm like, you know, and so I do a really quick assessment. <laughs> There's 40 tables in the restaurant. I only see like three or four servers. Like they've got a lot of tables. Like I quickly assess they'll be here soon. Shouldn't they have been here within the first minute that we're sitting down? Technically, yes, they probably should have, but we need to give them a little bit of slack. So I'm either their easiest, um, like critic, or their harshest. Well, I don't. And so that's the problem with somebody I think who's worked in a restaurant. We know what they're supposed to be doing, and I either I'm very lenient, or I'm like, you know what, she really sucks. Like she's not good. But, today. but can't you also point out? You, like you can see, like you can spot a newbie, like. I have said to so many people, is it your first day? Don't worry, you're doing great. And I'm like, yeah. yes, it is. I'm like, I know, honey. It's your first time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I know. For sure. And the stress level when you are the newbie, because even if I would had started at a restaurant, I've worked in restaurants for five years at that point, but it's a new restaurant you're starting at. So it's a new system mm-hmm. and maybe it's a new computer system. And you're standing there and you're like, I don't know where all the buttons are. And I don't know how to order this. And the, the other people are standing behind you and they want to put their order in and you're sweating and you just can't figure out the computer system and you want to die. And everything takes longer than it should. It's so stressful. And for people, again, who nobody who's people who have not worked in a restaurant before, oh. If you do encounter those poor souls that are on their first week of work or they're shadowing the person beside them and you Nothing. Know, please be nice <laughs> to them because they're so, they're so stressed and they're going back into the back and they think they're doing a terrible job and they're probably crying oh, in yeah. the back. You just like, just be nice to them. Just and tell well. because we, oh can we talk about tipping for a second? Because there's like a major difference between tipping in Winnipeg. Cause you know, okay. So you worked at Red Lobster in Winnipeg and in Toronto. So you probably saw the distinct difference on like one sort of like style of restaurant. Okay. So I worked at green eggplant, which was like a family Jewish E restaurant. And my tips hovered around the 18% mark. Like if I had a $30 bill, I would get $5 without yeah this was like my yeah. regulars who like one of my regulars was dr bernstein from the bernstein diet oh nice fact, like he and his wife and i were buddies and i always knew like to put her bacon in a little doggy bag for literally their dog no. and everyone would ask me what he eats and i was like it's not as healthy as you'd think but anyway moving on just my little hot goss about dr bernstein oh i also served the property brothers that was a fun day for me People were excited. I let someone give the bill. But anyway, my my weird brushes with celebrity in my work. I do you know from um, Crazy Rich Asians? Oh my god, what's her name? Michelle Yao. 
Yes. This is not, yeah. this is hospitality, but it's not restaurants. I got her lost in an airport and her billionaire husband thought she was kidnapped. Fun fact. Okay. On the private right. plane, she flew charter. And she oh, missed no. the sign that said Miss Yao. And she just kept walking through Pearson. And then the billionaire husband's like, she's been kidnapped. I'm like, she probably hasn't. Like, she's not the biggest star. Anyways. Anyways. Moving on. You digress so hard. Okay, right. So comparing. So green plant, pretty standard, 15 to 20% tip. And like sometimes you'd get like a nice Jewish lady be like, oh honey, you're Jewish. Here's double high. Like I <laughs> I got double high on more than one occasion. Those were great days. For those who don't know, that's $36 because high is $18 because the Hebrew word for um, life is high and it translates to 18. Anyhow, Jews give a lot of denominations of 18 and and the multiples thereof. Yeah, so like I would like look at my bill and be like, what percentage did she give me? I'm like, ah, oh, she gave me high. So that's my <laughs> Toronto experience. And then, so when I would come to Winnipeg, in the summer, I usually worked in the kitchen and I was like, Kate, it's my last summer. I think I want to do some waitressing, get a little more work. And also like kitchens are weird. Like it's a weird place to work, especially when you're the only female. So like weird vibe. I was like, I'm ready to break out of that kitchen. I ended up being in the kitchen way more because I became an Earl's girl. So I was at main street Earl's, which is across the street from the beachcomber where I worked. So it was also funny because I would like be in my Earl's girl getup, which just so people know, you were not allowed to have your hair in a ponytail, which is filthy for a server, by the way. Like how much hair is probably in your Earl's food. Um, you had to wear minimum one inch heel and you had. Oh, that's right. I knew people that worked the other people. You're right. Which is beyond. Yeah. So And then you had to, and you, your skirt had to be around. You couldn't wear pants. The skirt had to be. Uh, at, like your fingertips it couldn't be go below the knee so sure. there was definitely like a hoey vibe and then I'd walk into the kitchen and no one would recognize me because I'd have a face full of makeup my hair down and then I'd like put on my chef's coat and put on a ponytail like oh Ellie's here that's like ugly girl. right <laughs> I was unrecognizable so I go to Earl's and I'm like Earl's I'm gonna get I'm gonna make some good kashish here like this is in, by Winnipeg standards, a fancy restaurant. Here it's like drinks. It's like the fancy restaurant, at least, at least you know, six years ago, it was the fancy restaurant there. Um, and like the level of service is like what your family would expect. You have, if someone is seated, you have 30 seconds, like a clock starts. You have 30 seconds to greet them. You're only allowed max four tables in your section because you need to give like pristine service. I averaged every day that I would leave my shift, I would go home with $10 in tips. Like half of that's because you had to tip out to everybody. And at Green Egg Point, we didn't because we were like stone cold. Like, no, I earned this money. Cooks aren't getting any of it. Yeah, but I also had to tip out on like at a Red Lobster and Olive Garden, the places I worked at it, at the Forks also. Like the bigger places for sure you have to tip out. But if you're averaging... 15, 18% and you're tipping out 1% to the busboy and 1% to the, to the bartender, you should be still walking out with well I over had 10%. Walked, I had walked well out over. with negative. Like, like they would have to owe me on my next paycheck because I didn't have enough cash on me because like Winnipeggers, God love, we are not good tippers. Like, no, no. I think it's 10%. You have to be like the queen. And they'll like, I've had to talk like, 
no, like, again, this is just because my mom's always in Winnipeg. She'd be like, how much should I tip? I'm like, mommy, like, I know people who work here. You need to give at least 15%. But like, there was one time yeah. I was like, again, lunch rush, summer. I was on the patio. I, I, I took care of these people for like two hours. The amount of drinks I gave them. And I'm like, this is going to be a good tip. I am buying myself lunch today. La di da. And then they're like, oh, we're going to pay for half of it on a gift card. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So they paid for half of their whatever hundred dollar bill on the gift card. They paid fifty. So then they paid fifty dollars on credit, and they only tipped ten percent on the fifty dollars that they paid on the visa. Right, like that shouldn't even be allowed. Oh my god, I cried. That made me right. Yeah. I also, I worked um, at Alice Fazuli's, which I'm no. not sure even exists anymore. It was the, and the, well, and there used to be a lot of them, but the original was on Adelaide, right between John and Peter. It was the most outstanding um, location. And there was, the lunch rush was amazing there because it was full of yeah. business. Like everybody came there work-wise. So most people were on an expense account. Like there were $100 and $200 lunches. And I'm talking 25 years ago on a regular, regular, oh, regular yeah. basis. It was so fun. And that place was actually really fun to work at. And a lot of people were there. Like, I mean, I was obviously there full time at, at the time that I was working there, I was there full time. And the people that worked there, we had the, we had the most fun. I remember actually that that was the one year that I actually offered and chose to work New Year's Eve. I always wanted it off, but there I was like, oh, it'd be so much more fun. And so I worked their new year's eve because the people i worked with were so much fun and kim my my closest my oldest friend kim worked at the keg at the time and the one on near the esplanade on church and when we were done working we both worked new year's and like i don't know somehow we both walked from our places we ended up at a club somewhere like after that i don't even remember what happened but we both used to have the most fun working at these places um but hold on i need to go back to tell you a story about people that i met at a restaurant at and this was red lobster in okay. winnipeg and it goes down in history in my family anyway so whatever you know you always meet different people you sit you schmooze you this you whatever so i'm talking to these two guys i guess they may have probably been cute which is probably why <laughs> i continue to talk to them they were probably in the smoking section for all i know who knows and Anyhow, um, the uh, the ex was in town, so it would probably have been like it was sometime in like, August or whatever. Like, and uh, we start. We, but you meant like your sorry? ex was in town. Like which one? Oh no! Like, oh no! No! Well, yeah, exactly. So the ex, this the exhibition was in town, and as I talked to them longer and longer, they um, they run, they own. I don't know whatever they don't own it because it's owned by the CNE, but they run the bungee jump, mm. and. So I was like, oh, you run the bungee jump. Meantime, if anybody knows me, they're like, there's no chance in hell that I'm bungee jumping or doing anything else in this world. So I um, basically, they say to me, well, if you want to come by, like you want to swing by um, the X, um, the bungee jumps on us. And it probably was like, it wouldn't have been cheap because that would have been like something that would have been extra. So I was like, oh my God, it sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I'll do that. So I go and the bungee, the bungee jump also, remember people, this is like in the exhibition in Winnipeg, we're not like jumping off of a bridge. It's like they have a crane and you're, I don't know, a hundred feet in the air and you like, and you fall from the crane. But 
but I then I'm like I'm also not doing that so the, one of the guys says well we'll tandem jump I, I so, need to say I need to say that I watched this video you I mean we're obviously living in Toronto and I watched the video I don't know why Auntie Judy showed it to me and it's so funny because she was like I'm pretty sure the only reason she did it was because she wanted to hug the guy hundred <laughs> percent okay so tandem jump right so you you're facing towards each other and you're strapped together what and then you jump on the person now i would throw up on the person that okay. would have been bad been that would have been bad so i again and again why did i have a video of it i have no idea like obviously they threw that in as an extra perk on top of the free <laughs> jump and i come home whatever so sure enough of course my parents of course are beside themselves that i bungee jumped i'm like well, clearly I'm fine. I'm standing here showing it to you. Nothing happened to me. Um, and just as also an aside, um, my very long-term boyfriend at the time, not impressed that I bungee jumped <laughs> with a guy that I met in Red Lobster. Oh my God. He was, as you can imagine, well, now yes. his background of he was cute and you just wanted to hug him is very poor. This should go into the dating podcast. I know. Well, look, that's the thing. I think that he was just like, he must have been cute. Obviously, he must have been cute. And I think I was just using those like, oh, I'm never going to bungee jump again in my life because that's just not my personality. But if they're going to give it to me for free and I'm going to have like somebody to do it with me, I'll just do it and I can come up with a story that say I bungee jumped. And so, I mean, it's like, not like, like I didn't go on a date with him or anything. Huh? Like I like I bungee jumped and like and then I left the ex. And then when I told said boyfriend about it at the time, he was um, as we can imagine not. Well, half that. of waitressing is just flirting. Like I would, like when I go for dinners with Evan, who is a very handsome man, I get so irritated because Maybe. I cannot flag down our servers ever. And he'll just sort of look at me and she'll be like, mm. "Can I get you anything?" Like, bitch, please. <laughs> anything i'm in charge of the tip here and it's going down <laughs> this okay so this is what i'm saying as ex um restaurant workers we are either your best critic or <laughs> your worst so really everybody out there who is waiting tables you should always really suck up to the women at the table mm -hmm. not the men because especially, well, especially in our situations, we're giving you a better tip than our husbands are. Let's just be clear. So be nice to me and be nice to Ellie. That's what we're saying. That's our tip of the day. So that wraps up episode nine of Hookers and Horses, Stories of a Prairie Family. Tune in to episode 10, journals and diaries of the past and be sure to text in any comments or questions or you wish to be a guest for hookers and horses stay home stay safe peace out